Welcome to the latest episode of LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Great to have your company. It is our 20-minute weekly discussion on life and faith and the questions that you have about those things. Uh, we have three questions to get through each episode. David, uh, today we're looking at capital, pu- capital punishment, angels, and relationships. But uh, first, our first questioner has asked, is capital punishment consistent with Christian teaching, David? Well, in one sense it is. The Bible allows for capital punishment, although only after the due processes of law. Now, some people say, but hang on, wait a minute, what about the Ten Commandments? You shall not kill. Well, in fact, that's actually that's actually reference to personal killing, that you shall do no murder is the literal meaning of that. But it was assumed, even at the time they gave the Ten Commandments, that um, the civil authorities could legally take life. The New Testament doesn't uh, really specifically pronounce on it, though it's assumed the authorities can administer it. Uh, people argue from texts like Romans 13 about that. So so the Bible doesn't say, well, look, you, you, you can't do it. Um, and its supporters claim that it acts as a deterrent uh, in, in a practical sense today, although that certainly has been questioned by others. Also, people who uphold the value of capital punishment today say that it reflects the value of human life and how the taking of it is such a serious matter. So they would argue, well, capital punishment is actually reflecting biblical values because it actually takes human life seriously. If you take human life, well, your life should be taken, and that is seen to uphold the biblical value of humanity. Um, then again, those who oppose it argue, well, yes, the Old Testament does seem to um, support it, but like a lot of these Old Testament regulations, they were for that time and culture. And like a lot of other regulations of the time, they no longer have force today. And, and also people would argue, well, 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 they, they struggle to see how the taking of human life in any way reinforces the value of human life in general. So there are, while the Bible doesn't say no, um, capital punishment is, um, is, is, is a no-no, um, many of us would say, well, we've got to be careful in just simply saying the Bible supports it or encourages it. Um, so I'd say the Bible doesn't come out and oppose it directly. Um, I think we have to bring in practical things there. And speaking just for myself, I, I would oppose capital punishment, but not so much on Bible text grounds. But on um, practical grounds, I think there's always the possibility of a mistake. People have made mistakes. People have been reprieved from death row. And particularly under some corrupt legal regimes, it's it's more likely. But there's also the possibility that the guilty person can be rehabilitated. So, So while you might oppose capital punishment, you're not being soft on crime so much. You're just saying, is capital punishment an appropriate punishment for a particular crime. Um, Christians will disagree on it, but I I, I think what I'd have to say is, yes, the Bible doesn't say you must uh, endorse capital punishment or you must not carry it out. What about the other things about life and, say, the sanctity of life and how life is precious? Would that go against the idea of capital punishment? Well, it can be argued for or against, you see. As I said, the, the, the some supporters of capital punishment say, well, because of the sanctity of life, we, are, we, we, we support capital punishment because it, human life is so valuable that if you take it 
or destroy it in some way, then the only possible just punishment for that is that your your own life is destroyed. So some people would argue that, whereas other people would say, but hang on, uh, you know, because every human life is in a sense in, in is essentially sacred, the taking of um, the taking of a human life in order to uphold the sanctity of life seems to be a little bit contradictory. Uh, so that that's where I think the, it does give rise to differences of opinion in the Christian Church. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Uh, it is our weekly podcast. You can email questions to David, whether it's a question or, uh, I guess, a follow-up question about something that David may have said. Uh, LifeWords at hopemedia.com.au. That's LifeWords at hopemedia.com.au. Subscribe to the podcast through the iTunes store or from hope1032.com.au. Our second question, David, is how do we, uh, how do we understand the idea of angels? Who are they? And what is their purpose? What do they do? Yeah, good question. Uh, they're, they're, they're angels, literally, the easy part is to say angels are literally messengers from God. And as such, I suppose you could argue they could be in human form. You could argue that, so, and we sometimes do use a phrase, don't we? Someone comes to our aid and we say, oh, you're an angel. Uh, well, there may be more truth in that than what we think, uh, because an angel is a messenger from God, and some people are quite literally um, messengers um, from God. But in the Bible, we have to admit that they're more commonly seen as spiritual beings, and these spiritual beings' job is to not only be messengers from God to humankind, but to praise God. Uh, they're there to do his bidding. They're, they're, they're like God's servants. Now, of course, also the Bible says that some angels are evil, and they don't actually do that. And, and, and also, I just, just in, in brackets sort of note that occasionally in the Old Testament, when God himself seems to appear to people, he's called an angel of the Lord. That's the Old Testament yep. way of sort of saying it really is God appearing, but we won't describe God as God. We'll rather describe him as an angel of the Lord. Look, I've got to say, I think we tend to neglect angels today, don't we? Some people, of course, sentimentalise them or they speak of guardian angels, which I think is a little bit dubious. But there's no indication that they're obsolete. There's no indication that uh, uh, angels are sort of somehow rather died out. Now, perhaps our gift of the scriptures that we have might make their direct intervention less common. And I, I think there's some uh, wisdom in that. Uh, we do have a lot more revelation from the scriptures than the people who were there before the scriptures had. Um, but I don't think that that means we dismiss them. I, I know there are some Christians who testify to seeing such figures in times of stress or need. And their appearance is not always of the common or sentimental type. So, so it, it, it's a bit of a puzzling area because um, you, you can sort of tip over into superstition here or, or, as I say, sentimentalism. So I'd be careful not to worship them or focus on them or give too much attention to them. I've got to say in, in framing the answer to this question that I've got to realise myself that I, I have to perhaps pay more attention to recognising their existence as powerful spiritual beings. I, I perhaps tend to, in practice, uh, feel as though, oh, angels don't really exist. Yes, they're there in the Bible, but we don't worry about them today. Well, I've got to repent of that, I think, and recognise that, yes, angels are still around the place and they can be powerful spiritual beings who can be sent by God to help us. But how we recognise them is another matter because it seems to me that angels could take various forms. Do we know their purpose? Their purpose is, it seems to be clear in that their purpose is always to serve God in some way, to, 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 to do his bidding, to praise God, to serve God. So if an angel, as it were, in whatever form, way, shape or form turns up, the angel's job, I think, is to convey something from God to us 
and in such a way that God is honoured and glorified. Uh, the angels aren't independent beings. I think they actually do the bidding of God. And, um, of course, in, in saying that, of course, it, 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 that, that reveals some of the dangers of angels because some people would say, well, an angel appeared to me at night and told me to do this, that, or the other. Well, all you might have had was a bad dream or a good dream or something like that. Or you might, in your own fevered imagination, uh, think that you've seen an angel and the angel's telling you to do this, that, or the other. Well, it may not be an angel at all. It just might be your imagination. So I think we've got to be very careful. If someone was talking to me about saying, look, I think I saw an angel the other night and the angel was telling me to do this, that or the other. I think we've got to take it seriously. We don't mock it or dismiss it. But at the same time, we've got to say, well, let, let's, let's, let's weigh this up. Let's just see if it makes sense. Does this honour and glorify God? I guess, yeah, this, uh, <clears throat> like, like words of knowledge and things that we've spoken about before, mm. prophecy, does it measure up with the Word of God? It's, I mean, that's our standard, isn't it? Yes, that, that's right. Is this consistent with the Word of God or is this just simply a little bit of um, sensationalising or, or, or confusing your own, as I say, private imagination with a word from God? So, like with a lot of these other things, we certainly can't dismiss it, but at the same time, we can't become focused on angels either. LifeWords Q&A, I hope that has given you some insight uh, into uh, angels uh, and their existence. We move on to our third question, David, and uh, the Bible says that we're made for relationship with one another, especially male to female. Does that mean uh, single people are missing out on a, on a full life? Yeah, you sure hope not. <laughs> and and the obvious uh, instance there is Jesus. Um, if you say that single people are sort of somehow or other short of true humanity, well, the only person we've got who's ever lived on earth who was an example of perfect humanity, Jesus, was single. So I think we've certainly got to knock that one out. Um, if anyone says single people are somehow lacking in full humanity, no way, because Jesus is an example of that. And, and of course, any of us who know single people, unmarried people, of course they're not less than fully human. Um, um, and and, and we, it's interesting that Paul, um, in some of his letters, urges singleness in some situations and, and, and actually is glad he himself is single, um, and, and, and as, as well as all these fine contemporary single Christians. And so anyone who's going to say that single people are somehow or other miss the boat or that they're missing out on full humanity uh, is, um, is, 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 I think, sadly mistaken. I think what they're, they're, they're doing is sort of a little misunderstanding a little bit of what it says in Genesis, Genesis, um, God says it's not good for man to be alone. And he didn't create another man. He didn't create a kangaroo or anything like that. He created a woman. And so I think that what's, what that says to me is that we find our true humanity not only in relationship with others, but, but relationships with those of the opposite sex. Men can't be fully human without some relationship with women and vice versa. But that doesn't mean marriage in every case. You see, I would say that, uh, for example, a man who withdraws from life and has absolutely nothing to do with women and can't deal with women and doesn't want to have anything to communication with women is really falling short of true humanity because God, it seems, has, has made us sort of complementary to one another. But that doesn't mean you've got to get married. Um, you know, to, 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 to a woman in order to be fully human. What I'd say, to be fully human, you need to be in relationship with other human beings. And, 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 and that includes, and certainly very importantly includes, um, relationships with those of the opposite sex. But it's sad if we saw, if men saw the only way I can relate to women is in terms of marriage. I mean, that, that, that's really ridiculous. And of course, in practical um, situations, it doesn't work that way at all. Um, yes, I think marriage um, is in... in 
in a sense, the fulfilment, I suppose, the ultimate fulfilment of that sort of relationship between the, 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 the sexes. But it doesn't mean that if we're not married, we somehow rather become uh, second class citizens. The mere act of getting married doesn't make us uh, more human. Thanks very much for your company. For the last 15 minutes, you've been listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray, Andrew Morris. If you've got a question or a follow-up uh, point of view or a question, please email David, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. You can download other our previous episodes of LifeWords at the iTunes store or hope1032.com.au. Till next time, have a great week. <laughs>